Welcome to I'll Bring the Bible with Mel and Monica. And here we are, just really tired. <laughs> we are. We were talking about how we can't sleep at night. And... Oh, I just feel like I've just been dragged through the mud. And last night I did not have a good sleep at all. It was just one of those nights where it didn't matter how much melatonin I took or, <laughs> or sleep aid because uh, I have insomnia and I struggle with that. But it d- didn't matter. I fell asleep, then I woke up, then I fell asleep, then I woke up, and I fell asleep. Just that constant mm. cycle. I can drink a pot of coffee and sleep for 10 hours. Oh, I wish that was but me. But th- that doesn't mean that I wake up refreshed. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't really. I wanted so bad, so bad to have such a refreshing sleep last night. and You I wanted didn't. it too badly. I did. You just wanted it too much. I didn't have any problem getting to sleep, but it was just when I started waking up frequently. So maybe, maybe tonight will be better. Maybe or maybe not. Maybe not. You're supposed to just keep your expectations low. I do. do. So that you're not disappointed. With my sleep, I do, for sure. Mm -hmm. That didn't really start happening until after I had my third child. Then after I had my third child, all my hormones got messed up. We can blame everything on having kids if we want to. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will. I will too. As will I. As so, will I. I guess uh, if you're a man and you're listening and you have a wife, then you know what we're talking about. <laughs> that she blames everything on having babies. Right. Like, if you're a woman and you're listening, you're totally vibing with us. Right. <laughs> Mine's more of like, yes, I need to stop again and go to the restroom. When we're on a road trip or whatever, yes, uh-huh. it's time again. Yep. I, I'm in a car full of men uh-huh. who will never understand the struggles I have because of having three kids. Right. I mean, you just, you can't help that. Mm-mm. It's you all can't. their fault. So, I, I, don't, I don't apologize for being a woman. <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> W-O-M-A-N. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> and right now, every all the men are dirty. I also think my hair, like my hair is thinner because yeah. of having kids. My hair, I it was like whenever I, after, after I had each child, it was a massive amount of hair just coming out off out of my head whenever I washed mm. it. Chunks. The sacrifices that we made. <laughs> Hey, Mother's Day. That's great. Did you yes. guys have a happy Mother's Day? We I, just we, celebrated we Mother's Day. We did have a happy Mother's Day. Or at least I did. <laughs> <laughs> when I say we, it's, I, I'm in me. Oh. Me, yeah. Mine wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be, but that's okay. Again, you got to keep your expectations right. low. I really, I for the past several years, I've just been saying I need to stay in bed and I just want to rest and things like that. But then we had sump pump issues. And we had sump pump issues the day before. <laughs> Maybe it was contagious. It probably is. Yours caught it from mine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> That's Everything's a, COVID's yeah. fault. <clears throat> yep. So speaking of faults. We're going to be talking about a big one today, aren't we? We are going to be talking about a big one. <laughs> so, you know, as we're going through some of the Psalms, 
I chose Psalm 51 <laughs> for many, many reasons. That was like the worst segue ever, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, faults, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but I chose Psalm 51 uh, first because it was the very first entire chapter of the Bible that I memorized. And we had to learn a passage once a month. The whole school did. So Psalm 51 was the one that really stuck in my head. Um, I still have it quasi memorized, mm-hmm. but in the King James, you know, yeah. the Bible that Jesus used. <laughs> She's kidding, by the way. I'm kidding. I'm you kidding. Can't, you can't see her face. <laughs> so, but then the other day, uh, one of my sons asked me, uh, so why does David get so much credit in the Bible? I mean, he did a lot of really bad things. Uh, why does God call him uh, a man after God's own heart? I mean, that's a fair question, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, think of some of the stuff he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't, he wanted to build the temple for God, um, and God wouldn't let him because he had been a man of war. Yep. Uh, he had shed much blood. And so David was ritually defiled by the bloodshed. Uh, so he couldn't be directly involved in building the temple. That had to have been. A huge disappointment to him. That's really telling because a lot of people go back to the Old Testament and talk about why did God allow this war and such war. And really, some of the Bible is just a telling of history, what ha- what really mm-hmm. happened. It's not so much. And a lot of times, you know, we, we do need to go over and over back to the passages of what man intended for evil. Right. God intended for good. Exactly. Exactly. But um, the building of the temple was to bring rest to Israel, and that's Mm -hmm. not really what David did. Mm -hmm. Um, But then let's talk about Bathsheba for a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, Bathsheba kind of, I've heard, have you ever heard it just talk about like Bathsheba was like promiscuous or, I mean, I've heard people kind of try to play that role, like put some blame on her. I've heard that and I don't see any biblical basis for it absolutely zero none none actually you know this would be a whole other caveat but all of the women in the lineage of jesus Mm -hmm. it's been said that it was to show that god can use anybody or that that jesus was for all of us but all of those women were faithful Mm -hmm. and did what they had to do to fight the enemy but that's a whole other it is. That's a whole other podcast. But anyway, i just kind of getting on my defending Bathsheba a little bit. Oh, personally. But she okay. was married to Uriah the Hittite, a soldier that was faithful to his king. Mm-hmm. You know, David saw her bathing and lusted after her. He took her and slept with her, and she became pregnant. He took her and slept with her. Mm-hmm. You know, we can... That's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So when he found out uh, that she was pregnant, uh, he tried to have her husband come home and sleep with her and pretend like it was her husband's child. And her husband wouldn't do it. You know, he was faithful <laughs> to his king. <laughs> David had to be like, come on, dude. Like, come it's on. It's been months. Yeah, come <laughs> on. <laughs> Any man in his right mind. But so here you have this, you know, Uriah the Hittite that was faithful and so what did David do? He sent him back out. Mm-hmm. Put him in the front lines of fighting. So 
the chances of him actually surviving that would have been very, very slim. So yeah, he knew. He knew. I mean, ultimately, he was going to be killed in battle mm-hmm. um, at the hands of David. Mm-hmm. And then he took Bathsheba as his own. It takes a lot of nerve, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't really think he probably didn't feel like he had any choice at that point, right? No. You know, uh-uh. like it, he, <clears throat> it would be shame to her. Right. People knew he didn't come home, so it right. would be shameful for her to be. Right. So he at least did good by her at that point. Uh-huh. But it took a whole lot of doing poor decisions mm-hmm. before. But he did, you know, he didn't leave her to her own devices. Right. He he did he did take her as his own. So then we have the prophet Nathan that comes to David and tells him a story in 2 Samuel 12. Um about a rich man taking advantage of a poor man and on and on. And that's a whole uh, story that we can, that you should read in Second Samuel 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and David was really mad about this story that Nathan told him. And so, and then Nathan <laughs> he was, was offended that somebody, he was offended that somebody would take advantage <laughs> of a poor man's uh, only... Uh, treasure. Yeah, <laughs> right. His only treasure. And then Nathan's like, dude, it was you. Uh-huh. Like, you're that man. Mm-hmm. Um, First of all, let's talk about Nathan, how bold he was. I mean, David was the king of Israel. He was powerful. He was popular. Mm-hmm. He could have had uh, Nathan killed right then and there. But instead of becoming angry at Nathan, David grieved. Mm-hmm. And he grieved over the sin that he committed and this psalm was written by David after Nathan came to him, after he had gone into and sinned with Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Psalm 51 is a psalm that uh, it really kind of grips your heart, doesn't it? It's just like squeezes yes. it like a vice in a vice grip. Yes. Um, it's a psalm of God's great love and mercy and of David's great repentance and transformation. Uh, it shows us how very gracious God is in the midst of our lowest points. And it shows how serious our sin is to God and how merciful and compassionate he is in the face of it. Mm -hmm. Um, The first half of this psalm points to our need to be reconciled or restored to God. And then the second half focuses on our need for transformation. Mm -hmm. So shall we begin with Psalm 51? Yep. You want me to read it? Yeah. Do you want to read like, we'll just stop every little bit and discuss it. So you want to read the first two verses? Okay. Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion, blot out my rebellion, completely wash away my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. So what's this tell us about God? He's loving, Mm -hmm. and he's gracious, and it is only him who can take away our sins. Yeah. You know, David doesn't start out this song with I. Mm -hmm. He started it out with you. You, God, are faithful. You are compassionate. You are loving. David knows he can be forgiven and be made clean. And it's not because of his worth, but because of God's compassion and his love and his faithfulness. He knew the character of God. Mm-hmm. And he was confident in God's ability to make him clean and rid him from his shame. Um, our sin, our failures will keep us from approaching God if we do not understand God's love for us. And David knew it. And when he confronted with his sin, it grieved him. Yeah. Sometimes if I feel like I've sinned, I kind of follow that 
that formula, not necessarily because I'm thinking of, about this particular psalm, but because I'm reminding myself who God is. Right. You know, like, he's faithful. He's going to forgive you. You know, right. he is compassionate. He does have grace. He does have mercy because, and that's kind of how I feel, see David. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why when we teach the Bible, mm-hmm. we always teach about first, like, what does this reveal to us about God? Mm-hmm. Because if we don't really truly look for who God is in the scriptures, then it's it's a challenge to make sense of the rest of it mm-hmm. yeah, and to see our value in light of who he is. Um, what, what does it tell us about our sin? Our sin is ours. Our sin is ours. <laughs> Um, if we know that God loves us and that he is the only way that uh, he's the only one that can wash away the guilt, mm-hmm. um, then our sin will grieve us. We won't blame it on our circumstances or someone else. Do you see that? I, I just see that a lot these days, like, um, and maybe forever, you know, but really uh, it's just been heightened how we justify certain sins in our own life because things are hard. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I think... I haven't met anybody in the last year that hasn't been going through some type of challenge. Right. Some worse than others. Yeah. But how easy easy it is for us to um, justify our own uh, words, Mm -hmm. our own um, unrighteousness based on our circumstances. Right. Every time I go to apologize to somebody. I always usually rehearse it in my head. And then I analyze it and I think, okay, how much am I injecting or making an excuse of for my sin? That right. I'm sorry, it's just that I was so tired. It's just mm-hmm. that I have been mm-hmm. really distracted. Mm-hmm. And then usually I try my best to modify it and just say, keep it to the simple, hey, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I was mm-hmm. wrong, it was my fault. I think we do this a lot of times, too, in gossip. Mm-hmm. Like, we can we can sp- spill out a whole lot of gossip in the name of a prayer request. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so I just think that, I mean, right now, right here, it just shows that David knew that what he was contributing here to this conversation he's having with the Lord. Uh, It's like Jonathan Edwards says, you contribute nothing to your own salvation except the sin that made it necessary. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. he knew of God's great mercy. Mm -hmm. He didn't blame God for anything. And he was like, this is my own sin. And here it is. All right. Verse three. For I am conscious of my rebellion and my sin is always before me against you. You alone, I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. When we sin, who are we first and foremost sinning against? Do we really think, do, do we stop and think about that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here it is with David. His sin has been revealed to him. He's guilty. He's accountable. Um, and it's easy just to talk about this as David, but we could even say, you know, my sin when it's revealed to me. I am guilty. Mm-hmm. I am accountable. My sin is a direct offense toward God. Sin is always primarily against God. Mm-hmm. Our sin affects a lot of other people. It can cause a lot of collateral damage. Oh, yeah. 
but one of the the things about God being the primary person that we offend uh, when we sin is that he is also just and merciful. Um, So therefore, when we repent, we are also always forgiven by the primary target because he's faithful and he's merciful and gracious. He's just to forgive us. Um, So the, the righteous judge who makes all sin right is forgiving us. So I think even if, you know, we've sinned against someone, like if if I sin against you Mm -hmm. and you can't find it in your heart to forgive me, Mm -hmm. um, that would be very, very sad. But we can still live in freedom knowing Mm -hmm. that the the righteous judge has forgiven us. By the way. (laughs) By the way. (laughs) All right, moving on. Okay. um, Verse verse 5. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. Surely you desire integrity in the inner self, and you teach me wisdom deep within. Purify me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Turn your face away from my sins and blot out all my guilt. So in verse 5, David isn't just acknowledging that his sinned. Um, that he sinned here, um, but he was acknowledging that he had a sin problem. Mm-hmm. You know, without Jesus's redeeming work, uh, we all have a sin problem. Yeah. And I think we really don't get this sometimes. We focus on our outward sin, you know, the action, but we fail to deal with the root, um, the motive. Yes. Um, and, you know, that's what Jesus was addressing over and over again on the Sermon on the Mount. It was, it's how we become legalistic. We just look for those outward sins. And if we can just stop that, then we don't really have to deal with what's deep inside of us. Right. And it has been, it's a whole lot life problem that we inherit from our parents. Right. A lot of, a lot of my sin issues stem from what's happened in my past namely my childhood Mm -hmm. I could if I trace it all the way back a lot of my sin issues come from insecurity Mm -hmm. and I can it's very convenient to use that insecurity as an excuse oh well what happened to me Mm -hmm. when I was young xyz but the problem is is that I'm responsible for my sin now what I do with that, what I do with that insecurity. Right. Am I gonna right. am I gonna deal with that in a healthy way or am I gonna choose to to speak things from my own insecurity? That's that's my struggle, mm-hmm. my personal yeah. struggle. Yeah. And you know, and I just we're we are inheriting some bent towards sin mm-hmm. regardless of what it is. And it's a whole life problem. Um David here needed more than just forgiveness. Um, forgiveness is not not really enough. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be transformed. Yes. Um, David here knew that only God could give him the wisdom to reveal truth to him. And he knew that only God could forgive him and then change his heart. And that's what the second half that we're going to move into with this psalm is all about. It's, you know, we know God is gracious we know we've sinned, we've repented, and now moving on to being transformed to not go back into that sinful past. Yes. 
in verse 10 it says, God created me a clean heart. Oh, so that's a different translation. <laughs> it says, God create a clean heart for me. This mm-hmm. is your... This is the CSB. This is the CSB. Okay. Starting in verse 10, it says, God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. Then I will teach the rebellious your ways and sinners will return to you. Save me from the guilt of bloodshed, God. God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not want a sacrifice, or I would give it. You are not pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. You will not despise a broken and humbled heart, God. In your good pleasure, cause Zion to prosper. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in righteous sacrifices, whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. I like reading it in a different translation that Mm -hmm. I've memorized it because it kind of makes you stop and think. Yeah. Um, But this is just a beautiful picture of the transforming work of God in our lives Mm -hmm. and the communion we have with him as he changes us and prompts us to cooperate with him through repentance and worship First individually, and then evangelism to sinners, and then corporately. Um, what are some of the things we see David ask of God confidently? Um, because he knows that God's going to do it. Well, I did notice that, like you pointed out, he he's transitioned now into me. Mm-hmm. So he was saying you, mm-hmm. now he's saying me. And um, he's confident it sounds like, you know, he wants this this cleansing mm-hmm. that only God can give. Yeah. So he tells God, create a clean heart in me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that word create is the same one that we see in Genesis 1-1. Um, David was asking God to do something in him that could not be done any other way, to create a clean heart out of an empty one, mm-hmm. to transform him. You know, he says to renew a steadfast spirit within me. He knew that God needed to renew the spirit within him. He says that God doesn't banish him from his presence. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells God to not take his spirit from me. He says, restore the joy of his salvation. So God, re- we see God creates, God renews, God restores. God doesn't withhold his spirit from me. He sustains me by giving a willing spirit. This willing spirit gives us the desire to repent and to be transformed. God saves us from the guilt of bloodshed. Remember, David couldn't be, couldn't uh, build the temple because of the bloodshed. But he doesn't have the guilt of it mm-hmm. anymore. Right. God opens his lips so that David will pre- declare his praises. Um, and because of these things that God does, David is transformed. And not just in his own heart, but to those around him. See, back in verse 13, says, then, David says, because you've done all this, Mm -hmm. then I will teach your ways to sinners Mm -hmm. so that they return to you. And because you open my lips, I will sing your praises and declare your goodness to everyone. Mm -hmm. So So 
the transformation in David was first individually, and then it was evangelistic, right? sharing with the sinners. And then it was the in communion with the community, like all of all of Israel. And he was, if you if you do go back and read about about David, he was constantly the example of pointing people back to God. Yes. Constantly. Mm-hmm. And so he really fulfilled this. Right. Right. Um, one thing that kind of stood out to me as I was reading this just now, um, you know, when your child, if you've gone through Sunday school, uh, when they present Cain and Abel, they don't really do much of an explanation. They just say that God didn't accept a, uh, Cain's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Well, I think initially I thought that it was because you assume, because they'd never explained it to us, mm-hmm. that it's because there was no bloodshed. There mm-hmm. wasn't an animal sacrifice. Right. But here you can kind of clearly see that it's a heart condition. It's It was a, very much 100% a heart condition. Right. And, of course, I, I had learned that after the fact when I was mm-hmm. an adult. But I, I do have a... I have a little bit of a beef with Sunday school curriculum in that in that era. Always get mm-hmm. yeah, in that area era where we didn't always get the full story or the full explanation. Right. But it's Cain was giving what he had. That's what he worked on. Mm-hmm. That was what he considered the fruits of his labor. But it was really a part of his a uh, heart condition, which we see clearly here. Right. That kind of makes me, on a side note, just really want to give a shout out to our our um, youth director. I mean, our our children's yes. director because um, our friends Travis and Amanda Morris are like they are not they are they are not hiding things from our kids. They are no. laying out the heart problems that we right. have, and you know when we get to verse seventeen, David uh-huh. tells us that God wants what what God wants from us. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want our actions to change. What he wants is a broken spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants us to have a repentant heart. Mm-hmm. You know, back in Isaiah 66, it tells us that God doesn't accept sacrifices from those who do not repent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this passage shows that when God's people are repentant and truly transformed, then we see those around us change. Mm-hmm. Verses 18 and 19 says that God will cause Zion to prosper and build walls around Jerusalem. You know, and that's how God's kingdom works. When God's people are transformed by God's grace and given a broken heart that leads to repentance, we not only change, but we change our sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. Do we see this? Do we believe this? Think about this history of the church as the character of church under persecution in the first couple of centuries or even throughout history the character of the church under persecution has caused the church to explode and to grow and reach the ends of the earth Mm -hmm. i think here in the west Mm -hmm. we are so worried about how everyone else is acting right now in our present cultural climate that we are too busy to repent ourselves. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's fair? I would say that's fair. There's an increasing amount of criticism out there about, you know, and and other people calling other people hypocrites. Mm 
and things like that. And we're all hypocrites. uh, We are more and more. (laughs) I just realize, like, if I take care of my heart, if Mm -hmm. I'm in my corner and I'm trying to do my thing, so I I have my share of of calling things out. I'm, you know, admit, you know, I, I get, I'm a pretty, I'm a justice seeker, but if I taking care of myself, my heart, what's going on in here, then um, that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. And a lot of times when we are ju- when we are justice seekers, we don't look at the whole big picture. Right. We see one small angle. Uh-huh. And I think if we have a repentant heart um, and God reveals that truth mm-hmm. to us, then we can see that bigger picture because he reveals it to us. Mm-hmm. Because we are called to, you know, show mercy and to be humble and to, you know, to to promote justice. All those things are so hard. Those are. <laughs> and they're really hard when we are looking at it from one angle. Yeah. And that's not the angle of a repentant heart from ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's like taking the big old log out of our eye. Oh, I know. Um, and I just think, you know, wonder if... If I just truly lived a repentant life, because repentance, you know, we've talked about this before mm-hmm. multiple times on the podcast. Repentance is turning. Right. Mm-hmm. Turning away from sin and turning toward God. And our our purpose as believers is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, to reveal Jesus to everyone. And that's what David's doing here. God dealt with David's heart. He transformed David's heart when David was repentant. And then David shared the good news of that repentance. He pointed sinners back to the Lord. He pointed Israel back Mm -hmm. to the Lord. And that's something we could really learn from David. Mm -hmm. So circling back to my son's original question, Mm -hmm. why does David get so much credit? grieved his sin mm-hmm. he knew the love of God he shared the love of God he was repentant he was transformed his repentance and transformation impacted those around him in a sphere of him in his sphere of influence and beyond mm-hmm. I mean it's still impacting us today um, and through his line Jesus came right he glorified the Lord for generations so, and do we get how this kind of goes back to what we talked about in Psalm one? Yeah, <laughs> the, right, the, the way man. of the righteous. Uh huh. The way of the wicked. Yes. And and for a little while, David was there, sitting and sitting, stand, standing, and <laughs> doing all the doing all, the, all the postures of sin. <laughs> right. But he got out of it, and he started back on the the. Yeah. The righteous path. So and God used Nathan. Yep. A righteous man. A righteous man. A man like a tree. I think he was scared. Nathan. Yeah, I think. I would have been. I mean, it's a king. Did, didn't David uh, respect him? Wasn't he known? He did. Yeah, I mean, but that's still, like, you're about to call out the king. 
You're about to call out the king. He went about it in a good way. He though. did. He very was very smart. wise. He was full of wisdom. I mean, Nathan. doing it in a, in a story. And... In a story. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> David's like, no, it doesn't sound familiar. Wait a minute. Now I'm going to call you mm-hmm. out. Now I'm going to call you out. So what's that look for like for us? You know? Mm-hmm. Not calling out, necessarily calling out sin like Nathan did, but... I think sometimes, I, I think obviously we are asked to to call out sin in right. other people's lives. Absolutely. If we don't see a change. I'm I called suppose. to call out your sin. <laughs> <laughs> I think though, no. I think in a way we have a good enough rapport that there's certain, there's a way that we talk to each other. That keeps well, that's, each other that's, in check. That's, that's part of living in community. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so, and it says, and you know, and Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, he didn't say to take the log out of your own eye and mind your business. <laughs> right. He says, take the log out of your own eye so that. That's why you have to live in community. So you can feel comfortable and know when someone's correcting you. But not doing, but doing it in a loving way. There's a way to just do revealing it. truth to one another, right? Yes. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And Out so, of love. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's at least how I think it look it looks like now. There's I definitely also think there's we there's biblical precedent to do this in a way that is confrontational, but also I mm-hmm. think what he's saying here is like. Don't be like, oh, look what they're doing, and, you know, right. I'm so good. <laughs> this is it's, this really comes down to being transformed uh-huh. right. by, the re- by the renewing of our mind. Mm-hmm. And from that, speaking truth and love to those around us. Mm-hmm. And that means that we're putting in healthy things and not continually. But if you're not, right, and it, but if you're not being transformed by your repentance, uh-huh then maybe your repentance is not quite there yet. Just keep yourself in check, you know. The thing right. is, is constant communication with God. God is That's the prayer without ceasing. Right. God is going to mm-hmm. reveal, if you ask him to reveal to you your faults, probably the next day you're going to screw up. And he's, he's right. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to show you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But that was the whole thing, too. Like, God came to David. Yeah. God came to David. And God comes to us. Mm-hmm. And we, and he gives us a heart to surrender to him. Yeah. Yeah. And so, with that. That's a good word. Yeah. yeah. We want to talk about how tired we are again. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we want to think about like curling up and sleeping and I don't know. I just, I want to be by a beach and I want to hear the the sound of the ocean. Maybe I don't want to hear waves so much as I just want to hear water lapping. (laughs) So you could just like sleep with your dog drinking water next to you. (laughs) Perfect weather, perfect Sound conditions, perfect bed. Did yeah. did we not talk about keeping our expectations low? <laughs> <laughs> we did. It's just one can dream, right? One can dream. I dream. 
in heaven, I'll sleep well, or I won't sleep, or I'll be in perfect rest, or... You'll ha- be in perfect shalom, so I don't yeah. know if that means that we get to nap or not. Which means we hello mean and to. goodbye. It does mean hello and goodbye, <laughs> like aloha. <laughs> Which we learned. So, anyway, um, we are really excited to, for next week, we're going to have a special guest. Her name is Janet, and we hope that you tune in. It's going to be a really great conversation. Mm-hmm. And I feel really good about it. I do, too. I do, too. It's because we already recorded it. (laughs) It's because we're going out of order, girls and boys. We are going out of order, and we are... um, We can't lie. We are happy about it. We're not going to string you along like we didn't know what it's about. Anyway, it's an awesome podcast. But it's going to be really good. It is. So please listen and Mm -hmm. tune in. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. And as always, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us on albreenbible.com. And we would love for you to connect with us in any way uh, there. And shoot us a message or just comment on something that we write or post. We love to hear from you. We do. So, all right. Thank you for joining us here at I'll Bring the Bible. Bye. Bye. Bye.